Hello, welcome to Love On Radio with your host, Curbside Tramp. Today's episode, we have an anonymous caller, a young lady in her very late teens. We're going to be discussing self-harm, mental illness. The beauty of all this is, you know, sometimes just by telling your story, that can be included in your healing process. So, with that said, I'm going to continue to do this, and I truly do hope that every episode we do leads someone a little closer to healing, helps someone that hears it a little closer to healing. That's what it's all about. Now, it has been pointed out to me that I've never said this on any of my shows, and I should, so I will. I think it's a good idea. Of course, not every interview or every word that someone says in an interview is my opinion. That does not matter. I've had a couple people ask questions um, disagreeing. That's okay. But it's not my opinion that matters in this track as far as helping someone heal that's their reality we all have our own reality so let's be nice this what people feel is what they feel and not everything said is my opinion I hope I don't have to keep saying that Um, that's obvious to me that's a given we all have our own so I've gotten that out of the way Also, I would like to do a shout-out to some people that I don't really want to say their name yet because I don't have permission. But I've had a few people step up and help make a difference in the show. And it's wonderful. A couple people donate and brought tears in my eyes and I remember every single person that has done it and I really appreciate you. I can't thank you enough. Thank you so much. Okay, okay, okay. Let's do something a little upbeat before we get into this interview. I've been told by a few people, (laughs) actually a lot of people, that they enjoy when I make up stuff and uh, put myself out there with... uh, the guitar so and I enjoy it too I enjoy sharing it and I enjoy being real and um, (laughs) it's kind of risky to or scary to put things up without an edit and this is going to be one of them I had on my heart to come up with something called change your ways so I turned on the mic and cranked it up a little bit and did this what I'm going to I'm about to share with you, and um, I look forward to some feedback to see if I should actually write this as a song. Kind of, kind of already is, but it definitely needs some polishing, and it was fun. So, with that said, enjoy. You better change your ways. Here's what's on my mind. What's on my mind. 
better change your ways That's on my mind Just going down Going down I know where you've been play back and see what it sounds like and I'm still not gonna change it and just put it out there for you guys like laugh with me or say it's cool or whatever this is curbside tramp and love on radio right on okay let's get into uh, the meat of things and start the interview with our anonymous caller hello this is curbside tramp and love on radio have a young lady on the phone right now that would like to tell her story from a younger generation's point of view in hopes to help parents and other youth and teenagers out there touching base with mental health, depression, self-harm, suicidal tendencies, and how to get help. So hello, you're, you're on the air. How are you doing? Hi, today? good. Thanks for having me. Oh, it's my pleasure. My pleasure. Um, we, we do hope, hope, and actually, I don't even hope I know this is going to make a difference to at least 
a few people out there. And ho hopefully it also helps you too with some self-healing. Thank you. Uh, you're very welcome. So where would you like to start out with this? Because I'm going to let you, I, what I usually do is just let whoever I'm interviewing run with it to their soul's desire to, to get the point across. So I'll jump in when you, when you might need a little help, but um, it, you have total, total control of everything going on from this time out. Okay. Okay. So where do you want to start? Do you want to start with uh, children reaching out for help? Yeah, I, I think that's the most important thing. Okay. Yeah, so, you know, when a young child shows symptoms of mental illnesses, parents don't really tend to take that seriously because, you know, how can you be depressed or struggle with anxiety when you're, you know, 10 years old or younger? It's just not something that parents really think, you know, can be serious. Um, and this is something that I struggled with. I developed anxiety at a very young age due to um, social anxiety and stuff that was going on at home. And this anxiety led into depression, which became very serious when I was um, 14 years old. And originally, kind of, I started to show symptoms when I was around 10. Mm -hmm. And one of the main symptoms, which, you know, I wish had been taken seriously, because if I'd gotten help at 10 years old, I wouldn't be where I am today, you know? Um, right. And... I think the clearest sign that I showed was when I was 10, I started self-harming. And um, the first time I did it, it was actually right in front of my parents. And, you know, I didn't realize how serious it was because to me it was just my last resort to cope with what was going on inside. Okay. And it wasn't addressed. Um, my parents kind of just moved on. They didn't really take it seriously and this you know when a child shows self-harm at a young age that's kind of showing you how they're going to move forwards with coping you know mm -hmm. um you know so I wish I had been taken seriously so if you see a child ex you know showing these signs get them help immediately have them see someone to talk to something like that, because it will lead into further problems. And that's exactly what it did for me. Okay. Yeah. So, or sorry, what? No, I was so, I'm sure there's so many different ways in the topic of self-harm. So if you don't mind, what, what, what led you to start doing this? Um, it was frustration, I think. Um, I wasn't really heard in my family. Stuff I said wasn't really, you know, listened to, I guess. And I got very frustrated because I also dealed with um, bullying. Okay. Um, yeah, I got bullied. And my parents actually defended the bully and said that if I just didn't let them get to me, that they wouldn't bully me anymore. And basically, I had to, like, turn the other cheek and just deal with it. And, and I was told the same, as a matter of fact. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, I think it's something that, you know, a lot of parents probably say, and for some kids, when they get bullied a lot, they just can't handle it, especially when they're not being listened to. Right. And, um, yeah, so I think it was just frustration. 
that caused me to self-harm. And originally, um, the way that I self-harmed was I would just, you know, because there's many different forms of self Mm -hmm. Um, just scratching patches of skin off my arm until it was raw and bleeding because that was the only way that I could let out my anger and Mm -hmm. let out that frustration. And, um, yeah. Okay. Yeah, there's a... That could get... In depth of harming yourself, that can get so brutally... uh, Mm -hmm. I don't even know use you know that can just about lead to dying for some people yeah yeah and um i think another thing for me was uh we we are a religious family and we used to you know go to church and it was summer so of course i was wearing short sleeves when my arms were showing these scratches all over and um someone one of the parents of the youth group noticed it and brought it up to my parents and instead of you know my parents listening like maybe I should get some help they just told me to wear long sleeves and to just cover it up and that was you know for an impressionable child that's not something you should do because this is going to make them think that they should always hide what they're dealing with and hide how hard you know they're struggling good point yeah so Okay, so that's leading right into the mental illness and depression for sure as you get older and uh, mm-hmm. well, I can't even say as you get older because it's already, it's already a depression and type of mental illness already at that point. What yeah, exactly. That? So talk to me about, you're telling me about mental illness. Tell me, tell me your take on that. And... Yeah, so... Um, Like I said, when I was around 14 or 15 is when it really started to get bad. Um, Mm. I struggled with a lot of suicidal ideations, um, some suicidal actions. You know, I wasn't being safe with myself because I didn't really care about my safety anymore. Mm -hmm. And also, you know, I didn't have anyone supporting me. I didn't have anyone to talk to because the anxiety that I experienced as a child led to a lot of social anxiety. So I just didn't make friends. I didn't have any support. And yeah. So when I was about 17 is when I think I actually tried to get like professional help. Uh At that point, I had started cutting myself pretty severely. Um, you know, it started superficial and some people, some therapists, even my first therapist told me, oh, it's superficial. That's not bad, you know? And that's just another thing where if you see signs that it could get worse, you need to take action early on. And even with the therapist, that action wasn't taken. So the cutting got really, really bad to the point where I would be doing it, you know, um, just all day almost and to the point where I needed stitches but I couldn't go get them because I was young I couldn't drive you know Mm -hmm. um so the time that I actually tried to get professional help was at a doctor's office actually um in urgent care and the nurse you know has to ask the mandatory questions of have you been experiencing depression lately Mm -hmm. And I said yes, and this is another thing where 
if a parent hears a child saying, yes, I need help, don't invalidate it. Because the child actually, you know, most of the time they actually need help. Right. And um, my mother was there with me in the room and I told the nurse, yes, I need help. I've been experiencing some depression. And my mom looked at the nurse and said, no, she hasn't. She doesn't know what she's talking about. And then she looked at me and said, depression is where you want to kill yourself. And at this point, she didn't even know that I was experiencing self-harm and suicidal ideations. She didn't know that. Mm -hmm. um, and she was also very religious. So she told me basically mental illness, um, kind of you just have to pray it away. And I feel like a lot of children who grow up in religious households, they might be told you just need to pray more or go to church more. And, you know, with severe mental illnesses, that's not the case. Right. Um, There's yeah, chemical so, imbalances too, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Most of the time, you know, some of the times the child actually needs professional help and or, you know, medication, which... Uh, I actually was started on medication, which was a good thing, but I had a lot of conflicting ideas in my mind about it because I was in such a religious household. I had religious people telling me that it was, you know, almost satanic to try and get help from man, you know, from humans, and that I had to get my help from God, which... No. Yeah. I... You know, I'm going to just, this is just my opinion, but I, when it comes down to it, you need both. Yeah, exactly. Both. You know, I don't, I didn't see, and I, I'm going to get lashed out on this, I think, but I'm going to say it anyway. I don't see anywhere in the Bible saying that just pray and ignore the fact that men was given, men, men, men and women, I'm just, you know, were given the gifts to be doctors and learn the chemical imbalances of people's bodies to help them mm -hmm. you know i believe in prayer a whole lot i do believe there's demonic forces but how, i mean how, how you can't ignore the actual medical situations either you know which is which yeah exactly you know so i, I just believe you need both yeah so yeah I know it's hard to talk about this stuff, but um, so what would you tell somebody now, young or adult, you, teenager, children? I mean, what would you tell somebody right now if you knew they're endeavoring in self-harm? Um, normally, I would say to tell somebody, but, you know, there are some situations where telling won't do any good. Mm -hmm. Um you know, because it's, it's just a coping mechanism. And even if some people know, that won't stop you from doing it because it's how you cope now. So, you know, my advice would just be to be safe with it, of course. And if you have friends or family that you feel could support you in your issue, just reach out to them. And, you know, there are a lot of resources, a lot of other things that you could try instead of self-harm. Mm-hmm. But, you know, at the end of the day, it is an addiction. It is hard to stop, but it, do it doesn't mean it's impossible to stop. That's right. And I want to I want to let you know that you could call me anytime if you need someone to talk to. Oh, thank you. Always. 
Okay, so anything else on your heart that you want to talk about? Um, well, I was just going to say personally um, about the issue with self-harm. You know, if there are anybody out there listening and they feel like they can't stop or it's something that they're going to live with forever, it doesn't have to be like that because I used to self-harm, you know, almost every day for a year about. And I found someone that supported me mm-hmm. and I tried to stop for them. And now I, I think I'm about two months clean. That's and right. yeah, yeah. And it's rare that I slip up anymore. It's rare that I do it anymore. And even though the urge never really goes away, it's something that you can conquer. Mm-hmm. Okay. I'm going to ask you something that we didn't, we didn't speak about prior to doing the interview. Okay. What about alcohol and drugs? Um, <laughs> so this is actually something nobody else really knows, but I... I have tried alcohol and mm-hmm. drugs before to try and help with it, mm-hmm. and um, it doesn't help. It might for you know a little bit, but it doesn't help. Um, you know, if it's something like smoking, for example, right? It it does actually help because you can kind of transfer the addiction of self-harm into the addiction of smoking, but at the end of the day, you still have a harmful addiction. Okay. You know, mm-hmm. so, yeah. Well, well, may I ask, do you smoke cigarettes? No, I don't. That's amazing. Yeah. I would think that you did. Um, no, I struggled with vaping for a while. Mm-hmm. That's amazing. Yeah. Okay, so what I'm going to do is I'm going to actually include some phone numbers for self-harm for people to reach out and with drug addiction. So I, I, I have never included any kind of phone numbers. I'm going to have to do some research for that and see what kind of national numbers I can find for people to call to reach out when they don't have anybody to talk to. Yeah. Um, you've actually opened my eyes a little bit more as this journey for me from what I'm doing. Every time I meet someone and I talk to them, my eyes get opened a little bit harder. And honestly, my heart breaks a little bit more. (laughs) Um, I haven't told my story yet. Um, And I've been really blessed with the non-addictive personality as far as I don't like alcohol. Um, And I don't care to do drugs. Um, so I've been blessed in that way, but I do have very severe depression problems that I fight every day. Mm -hmm. So I have nothing to hide from anyone. I have a very abusive background as far as a child and, uh, it wasn't the best raising it either. You know, I had a very abusive stepfather, which I never even said that on the show, but, um, yeah. And I've decided that here, here in the future, as to say, I'm going to throw him under the bus. <laughs> I, need, I need to cleanse my soul with this and let it go. So, anything else you would like to tell me? Um, no, I think that's about it. All right. Well, I appreciate you calling in. And once again, anytime if you ever need to talk to someone and you don't feel you can talk to anyone in your surroundings or, you know, you just want to 
just talk. Yeah, thank you. You you can reach out and uh, if you ever want to be back on the show, if you get some ideas and something you think might help someone else and be a little self-therapeutic to you, we can do this anytime you want. Okay, thank you. All right. So I want you to have a very, very good day and sit down and I'm proud of you for doing this. Thank you. You have a great day. You too. Okay, bye-bye. Okay, our anonymous caller called back in. She wanted to touch base on one more thing, and here's this part of the interview. Okay, so I understand you want to touch base on suicide. Yeah, so as I mentioned before, I had a lot of suicidal ideations growing up, and because of my family and other people, I didn't want to hurt them, so I never really acted on them for a long time until I got to the point where one day I just was done with everything. I was just through with it all and I didn't see, you know, any hope. And I think I mentioned before I was prescribed um, antidepressants. Mm -hmm. um, and I hadn't been taking them. I had been saving them up, which, you know, is a bad thing. If you're on medication, be sure to take it. Um, but I saved them up and I tried to overdose one day. And this is something where, you know, I've heard some people say before that people who, you know, really want to kill themselves, they're going to do it without reaching out for help. Because if they do, you know, they might just be looking for attention. They might not actually mean it. And for me, I just never reached out. And, you know, so when I was going through with this plan to kill myself, I didn't reach out to anybody. Nobody knew that I was struggling at the time. And... Okay. Um, but, you know, as I started to realize what I was doing, I, I wasn't really thinking clearly when I did it and I started to kind of come to my senses and I realized, you know, Hey, maybe life won't be so bad earlier on. And I also thought about, you know, my friends, um, my boyfriend, my family, and I was like, you know, yes, I'm hurting, but I don't want to give all my pain to them by taking myself away from them. Um, so, you know, I called, um, 911 or not 911. I called somebody and, you know, to make sure like, Hey, this is the amount I took. Would it kill me or not? Because I didn't want to go to the hospital and have people know that I tried to kill myself if I didn't have to, uh -huh. which is another thing where, you know, I was so concerned about people knowing that I was struggling, like, or not knowing that I was struggling. I didn't uh -huh. want people to know, but looking back on it, if, if anybody listening is in this situation where they're not sharing what's really going on with them, they're not going to be able to get the help. And, you know, if you're struggling with that, you do deserve the help, even if you think you don't. Um, but anyway, yeah, I, I got help and it wasn't for attention. As some people might say, it was just because I realized what I had done wasn't right, I guess. And I regretted it. And, you know, I'm fine now. I'm alive today, which I'm thankful for. Um, so, yeah. Okay. Well, I'm thankful that you're here, too. Thank you. Some, uh, some unfortunately, some people are not. Yeah. Wow. Okay. So, I'm more than sure that you said a few things to help more than one person out. I think you said enough to help a lot of people out and I appreciate you for taking the time to talk and share. And 
I think you're amazing. So more Thank power you. on what you're doing to keep the fight going. Thanks. I, I hope this can help some people. Um, I'm sure that I'm sure that you will and that it will. And uh, I ask for anyone listening. If, I'll, in my show, I always put email addresses and ways to contact me. If you have anything to say or any comments and words of encouragement, please do so. And uh, I thank you so much for calling in today. And yeah. uh, anytime, anytime. Like I said earlier, if you need to talk to someone and you don't feel the people that are around you or, or who you want to talk to and you just want to talk to somebody, talk to someone that's kind of off to the side, you know, like you can call. I don't mind. Thank you. And I will have some hotlines for people out there in this podcast. And uh, thank you. What can I say? Um, thank you. I really appreciate you. Okay. That was our anonymous caller, young lady. Today, the youngest person has ever called in. That's wonderful. Give us an outlook on her point of view on self-harm, depression, suicide. It's all part of domestic violence, isn't it? It all kind of circles around itself, in my opinion. What's yours? So, uh, that's it. That sums up the interview for this time. I appreciate you guys for being here. Have a wonderful morning, night, noon, midnight, whatever time it is in your world when you're listening to this. Look around, take a breath, and continue to heal. This is Curbside Tramp. Until next time, thank you for tuning in. Also, everybody, I want to add that the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline is 1-800-273-8255. You can call there also to get help and get directed to places in your area for even self-harm. You know, self-harm kind of isn't down the route of suicide because you can do it and die. So let's take that seriously. So it's 800-273-8255. They will be glad to give you any information you possibly can need for your area that you're in. And also in this time and, you know, this age, if you're listening to this, it means you have access to a computer in some way. You can Google it. Google anything you need. Get help. People do care. I care. Thank you.